everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Sir Alan of the Roundtable. Uh, I I have a, a, a complaint to submit uh, yeah. right here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. There's a box for that right over there. You see it? I've already submitted the, the the box complaint, but I figured just to, I'll go to you because you're oh. you you know the people that are in charge. Sure, I'll, I'll send it up the ladder for you. Yeah, that I I did not approve of uh, all the snow oh. uh, uh, surrounding us here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. Yeah. It, it made my sensitive feet very hurty, you know, <laughs> coming in all the slush and cold. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's uh, like what maybe half an inch. Yeah, I, I I can't deal with that. Yeah, I know. No. Yeah, you know, not like Cleveland where they got like 48 inches of snow or something stupid. They're the whiners. Yeah, I know. Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're we're here and it's 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 cold and it's snowy, but uh we're we're here and we're we're excited, right? I'm excited. I'm excited about today's episode. Then I am too. I, I, I see the Constantines with us today. Harvey has the day off, right? He has the day off, Const Hey buddy, how you doing? Always with the attitude. I know um, he 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 has had his coffee yet this morning. <laughs> that must be it. Um, but yeah, we're uh, and we have a we have a heck of a show planned. Uh, I mean, right? We, we do absolutely. Oh, yeah. God, okay. <laughs> you weren't at the pre-production meeting, so just assume the answer is yes. No, I just I enjoy my coffee and assume everyone else. Yeah, is you, doing you the rolled work. in and whined about the snow, and then we basically turned on the recording. That's my job. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, we're here to talk about season five, episode thirteen, emergency response. Emergency response. Everybody, sorry, it, go on. That's okay. It, well, you, you know what? I'm excited about this episode too, because remember, this is our first producer's cut in a while. That's right. We've been waiting, ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting for this episode. It's been what? At least 10 episodes, probably. It's enough to make me miss it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This uh, this guy clocked in at a whopping 2733. Wow. Whereas the uh, standard cut was 2133. So mm. a whole six minutes of extra goodness. Mm. That's a well, lot of goodness. I guess we'll be the judge of goodness or not, but yes. Yeah, we'll be the judge, but yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty good. This episode first aired on February 14th of 2013. So this was actually a Aww. aired on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And yet they chose not to make it a Galentine's Day episode in, in season five. Interesting to me. That is very interesting yeah. considering what a phenomenon the, yeah. the whole Galentine's Day thing. Yeah, because I, I don't know if it was at this point we're already seeing merch, you know, with uh, Galentine's Day and treat yourself and all that oh, sure. stuff. But yeah, if it wasn't this year, it was very soon. But, you know, maybe we got one more Galentine's Day in us before the end of the run. I think maybe we do. I think we do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode was directed by Dean Holland, our buddy who we know from Parks and Rec, of course. The we Good like Place him. And yeah. many other Mike Shore shows and, yep. and beyond. Uh, written by, actually co-written today, which you don't often see. It's like co-MVPs, right? It's like co-MVPs, which yeah. you too often see on our show. But yeah. yes, uh, co-written by Norm Hiscock, our buddy. Oh, we like him. And Joe Mandy, I think that's how you say his name. If it's not and you're listening, Joe, I apologize. Please, please you know, chat me up and tell me how to say your name properly. Joe, if Alan screwed up your name, yeah. uh, we can give you his home phone number, yes, his email, maybe even his PIN number, Look, whatever it takes. It's not as bad as the time we did the interview, and I won't say with which guest, but I said his name wrong to him. Oh, yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah. I'll be honest. I really wanted to crawl into a hole and die. <laughs> it was awful. It's fine. It's all Look, fine. We all have our me. strengths and weaknesses. Uh, they've forgiven me. Damn it. I'm starting to give stuff away. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> 
Anyway, I, I sent Norm a quick note and he said, uh, I think I asked him if this was his last episode because it is an IMDb. Mm -hmm. He actually co-wrote another one, but I don't think it's properly credited in IMDb. So technically he did this one with, with Joe and uh, he's going to do one more, I think, also with Joe. I get the, the and I didn't get a chance to ask him explicitly, but I get the impression that maybe Joe is sliding into Norm's slot as mm -hmm. Norm's preparing to leave, as we mm -hmm. know, and go do Kids in the Hall. That's right. my guess. Right. Yeah. Well, and we've mentioned before, Alan, you know, Norm has been uh, very gracious in terms of, you know, uh, let it, letting you bother him incessantly. Yeah. He and, gave me and, a whole bunch of notes like <laughs> two weeks ago, so I didn't really want to bother him again. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's pretty fascinating stuff. So. Yeah. Hey, Mark, why don't we get into our episode? Uh, you know, what, oh God, what are those things called again? <clears throat> Alan, for those of us who are educated, you will know. <laughs> as I'm sure many of our viewers at home know, that these are called synopsises. Oh, synopsises. Yep. As opposed to synopsides. <laughs> it took me a second. Uh -huh. I, uh, good morning. Wow, I need some coffee for that uh, humor. That's pretty good. <laughs> let's call it humor. Yeah, let's call it humor. Well, um, Sir Alan of the Roundtable, I'm here to tell you, this was a very, very challenging one. This is one of the most challenging ones I've had to go through in quite a while in terms of trying to see how many shards of stories I could create. I'm curious what you did. Yeah. Me too. Let's see what I did. <laughs> um, what did I do? This actually had vibes for me very similar to the season one finale rock show in the sense that that episode had many storylines that just kind of all twisted into one. And I think with the exception of maybe one storyline here it was the same thing interesting so uh, you know we'll see what the judges say we'll see what they say so i having said that i split it up technically into two stories uh, I, I don't know i mean the judges the judges you never know if they're right or wrong i i think the judges went with three because they thought you were going to go with three they got to quit trying to second guess you i think that the judges haven't received my gift of a punch burger and oh. so once they do <laughs> i think that they will agree with me <clears throat> that this has two uh, stories so here is uh, my uh here's here's my, my sure. craziness here go for all it right. so first of all the a story and this sucker is b fee uh, the A story I have That's is why it's actually two, but go ahead. That's it's, it might be two and it might be three. It might even be four. Who knows? Let's see. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. This dot. is entitled um, Battle for Lot 48. Avian flu madness. Dun, dun, dun. Nice job. Sound effects on it. Dun, dun, That's dun, pretty dun, good. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. All right. Um, Leslie and Councilman Jeremy Jam are finally going head to head pitching their proposals for lot 48 to the planning committee. We remember Jam wanted to do the Ponchburger thing. Leslie wanted to do Pawnee Commons, yeah. which we've heard of and seen in many episodes leading up to this. So despite Jam plying them with lots of fast food during the meeting, Leslie is told in private that they all realize her plan is much better for the town. But Punny Commons project is short $50,000 and the committee simply can't approve an underfunded project. But if Leslie can come up with that money in the next week, they'll vote for her. But she has to come up with, you know, all right, $50,000. So to this end, Leslie and Ben plan a black tie gala fundraiser. The gang all works together over the next week and things seem to be going fairly uh, well 
until dot 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 leslie is informed by chris that the surprise annual emergency preparedness drill is happening today and since leslie was appointed pawnee emergency czar she needs to come back to the command center immediately run quick um the drill disaster chosen for this year is avian flu a choice which actually excites leslie due to its simplicity because she's prepared for like that and everything else um so she thinks she's going to breeze through these sure. proceedings. But just as it looks like they might have things well in hand uh, to contain the avian flu epidemic, it is revealed that Councilman Jam, who was supposed to deal apparently with transit authorities, I think. He, it was like his uh, job, his he, assignment. He, I, yeah. he dropped the ball. I'm sorry, guys. And, <laughs> and as a result, the epidemic has, in fact, not been contained, but instead threatens to spread out further. Oh, boy. Meanwhile... Sub subplot of a uh, of a story, eh? Um, or B story, whatever you want to call no, it. You shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, the rest of the gang in the non emergency thing, the rest of the gang outside yeah. of that, they're doing their best to help kind of get things ready for the gala in Leslie's absence. And so this includes such things as a Ben is doing his best to kind of coordinate the goings on at lot well, forty eight. Sure. You got to take over and, for Leslie. Including delegating uh, tables and chairs to Donna, dealing with the uh, firemen that are using Lot 48 as a triage center for the emergency drill. Um, Tom B. Tom s- travels around Pawnee and he's desperately looking for caterers who would be willing to supply food for the event for for free. He's kind of a tall order because yeah. You know, free doesn't get them any money. No, no, it's the opposite. I've looked it up. (laughs) And then C, in a surprise move, Ron, Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson decides to take Leslie's place on Pawnee today on on the television. Seems right. (laughs) He's going to promote the gala because it needs to be promoted. They need to get the word out. And this proves very challenging once it becomes clear that, um, the host, remember the host, Joan Calamazzo? I do, Crazy Joan. She's uh, incredibly way, way, way hungover. <laughs> a little bit. So this is going to be a, not good. No. <laughs> it's, it's certainly a challenge. She's got allergies. <clears throat> what will happen? Can Leslie help Pawnee survive the avian flu? Or is the town going the way of the dodo? See what I did there? Because it's bird. Okay. Oh, will God. Ron effectively promote the gala event? Can Tom find any caterers willing to provide food for free? Where in the world did Jerry go? Does Ben talk the firemen into moving the triage center? Will the gala happen or is it destined for doom? What is the NOPE protocol? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. It's it's almost like that's so beefy it could have been an A story and a B story. Well... The, the problem I had is it actually could have been an A story, a B story, a C story, and I could maybe, maybe argue a D story. No, just, that, that's just, way too much. Sorry. I, well, I'm just going to disagree with you. Hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> h- history, history will tell. History will tell. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, you know, uh, did you give it, that a title today? Yeah, I called it Battle for oh, Lot yeah. 48. Avian flu madness. Dun, dun, dun. Because remember the sound effects at the end? I, I go, do. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. It was so long ago because it was basically an A story and a B story together. I'd forgotten you titled it. Tremendous so. ass. Okay. So what, what is your story? So so my, <laughs> so my for me, obviously, by now you've figured out I, that was A and a B story for me. Yeah. I, so I mean, my, yeah. So, you know, the judges tipped me off. But 
<laughs> the A story. So I went with movie titles again, and I thought, God, that's Alan, a good go-to. Don't, yeah, but like, just do something new for God's sake. I know for God's so, sake. So, so I said, okay, fine. Movie title sequels that didn't exist. All right. Yes, you are the best type of crazy. Go, go. go crazy, All man. Right. Go. I can't so, wait to hear this. So the A story is uh, flirting with disaster. A real movie, right? Flirting with disaster two. You've been jammed. <laughs> 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 like it? Like, yeah. All right. That's the A story. <laughs> the B story or your subplot uh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I had the money pit to park party in the pit. Huh. I think I see what you did. So yeah. you, you argue that the Leslie trying to do the avian flu, save the yeah. town thing is one and else yeah. is B. Yeah. Now, if you look at the way they constructed the episode, it's interesting because they really introduced the B story in my terms before the A story. And yet the yeah. title of the episode that NBC chose yeah. is clearly based on that B right, story. Right, right. Yeah. That so, would get the most so, emphasis. Yeah. So I reordered them and made yeah, that the A that story. Makes yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So wrong, but it makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah. what's your C story? Or I'm sorry, B story. Mark. No, the B story on account of I just had the A story above the B story. Oh, my God. I just phoned this in. I don't even have a movie title or anything. I called Officer Dwyer. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> it's it's it's. Yeah, you did. You this is it. why we're a team, because when one of us yeah. sucks on ice, the other can I'll, not. I'll see what I can do for you. Thank yeah. goodness. All right. So the day has finally come for Andy to take the examination for becoming a Pawnee police officer. Very excited, but very nervous, he makes his way to the Pawnee Police Department, accompanied by April, who gives him a good luck charm and helps him to do some last minute cramming. After anxiously waiting in the lobby for Andy to finish, April finally sees him come back, excited and confident that he did really well on the written exam. A bit later, Andy is once again taken into the back office, this time for his personality exam. How will this turn out? How did Andy really do on his written exam? Is he prepared to take the personality exam? Will Andy truly become one of Pawnee's finest? What is the good luck charm April gives Andy? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job. That, that was a good summary. Poor title, but good summary. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, buy, I'll take that. All right. So the C story, as we're calling it, Mark. Sure. Um, my, my title for it, going with the uh, you know movie title sequels. Mm-hmm. Police Academy Nine. Oh, personality disorder. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought so too. That's way better than mine. Nice, <laughs> ni nicely done. So th this is the only story that, in my craziness, I said could be completely separate conceptually yeah, from from the rest of the gala yeah. lot. Yeah, I agree. In, in my mind, there was no doubt this was a separate story. Yes, yes, absolutely. But you're right. The other one could have splintered multiple ways. But you'll. Well, nice job, Mark. Uh, hey, why don't you tell us what your AKA was? I'll do the same and then we'll get into our breakdown. Oh, I'm gonna. Um, so mine comes from uh, my man crush, uh, Ron Swanson. Shocking. And um, it's what they're trying to decide. Oh, holy I saw your clip selection today and it's riddled with Ron. I was not shocked. Well, first of all, I like uh, uh, alliteration. So Me too. Riddled with Ron is perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's really fun. And, and I'm a fanboy. But his bits were very good. Is were very good. Yeah. And so mine is uh, they're trying to figure out, oh, holy cow, Leslie's in this uh, emergency uh, thing. Yeah. She was going to go on Pawnee today. And Ron pipes up and says, 
uh, I'll go. And and Ben goes, I don't know, because you don't think you're not real friendly, you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is my AKA. He yeah. says, I can speak in full sentences and I won't cry, <laughs> which uh, harsh, but fair, because yeah, he, he suffered about both ben, of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben did. I mean, yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, that's pretty good. Um, so, you know, I had an A story and a B story. And since we're only doing one AKA now, I, of course, came up with two for the A story and one for the B story. Well, you had an A, B, and a C. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't do one for the C story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't inspired to do one for it. Yeah, all right. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, Colton Dunn is so funny. He he just is. And I, I loved him in Superstore and I, I miss yes. that show. And Yes. Uh, I definitely miss, miss Brett. <laughs> there's a point where basically Leslie's mad at, you know, at the jam there, of course. And uh, Brett has been assigned to go out and take care of some birds because, you know, there's it's an avian flu. You got to yeah. take care of the gotta birds. Take care of the birds. Yep. Of course, it's all pretend. <laughs> I'm not mm. sure Brett's clear on that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but Leslie expresses her frustration with, with jam and, and says she wanted, she should kill him too. <laughs> and Brett pipes up and goes, Oh, I'll kill him as soon as I'm done with these birds. <laughs> That was one of the pause the video and finish laughing, Uh wipe the tears from my eyes and take a a few deep breaths. Resume. I couldn't help it, but there's a line in there as well, too, where they're describing the the, I guess the severity of this drill and the, you know, this fake uh, fake scenario Mm -hmm. and and the performance uh, related to the drill. And someone said, oh, that was bad. That was Fort Wayne bad. Oh, my gosh. and that just made me words. laugh. Yeah. You know, being here from Indiana, that just, you know, yeah. it's a little bit of an insider joke. It's, I hope to be part of one. <laughs> me too. You are, Mark. Oh, good. All right. Hey, nice shop. Why don't we jump into the breakdown? Well, why don't we? Ladies and gentlemen, as we talked about, this is a producer's cut. So extra beefy, lots of beef on this. And and uh, the, the beefiness starts out with the cold open. This sucker's pretty darn big. It's nearly three minutes. And I, I think it takes place in two separate scene changes, which Again, is it's a little rare. I would have edited this episode differently. I think I would have, too. Yeah. But then I would defer to you because you, you do that better. Anyway, so this sucker is two minutes and 49 seconds. I would argue it's very uh, plot relevant. Um, and uh, so our opening scene takes place in a conference room at City Hall where the long awaited showdown between Leslie and Councilman Jeremy Jam, the nefarious one, regarding their plans for Lot 48 and is now taking place. Park versus Paunchburger Battle Royale. That should have been my title. That was um, much better. That's much better. My God, what am I even doing? <laughs> Battle Royale with cheese. Because <laughs> of the metric system. Yeah, um, that too. <laughs> so we see in attendance at this meeting, Leslie and Councilman Jeremy Jam and three members of the planning commission. And it looks like Leslie of the two of them, Alan, it looks like Leslie went first and is currently in the process of wrapping up her presentation for the Pawnee Commons. Hey, Constantine, my good man. Uh, do the thing with the stuff. So I hope I have not overloaded you with my 35-point presentation on Pawnee Commons, but I think if I could sum up this project in one word, it would be dynamite. Dynamite. Dynamite stands for daring, youth-friendly, natural, amazing, merry, inviting, tourist attraction-y, <laughs> and eco-friendly. Thank you, Councilwoman Nope. Very, very thorough. So many acronyms. I know. <laughs> Councilman Jam. Thank you, Bill. 
Uh, no, please, everyone, be seated. Let the record show there was a standing ovation. Mm -mm. No, there wasn't. Definitely oh, not. History will decide. <laughs> My plan for Lot 48 is simple. <laughs> but why read it when you can shove it right in your face? Mm. I want to sell this lot to mm. Punchburger. Here's why. We make money, they make money. They make burgers, mm. we eat burgers. Mm -hmm. That's a win, mm. win, win, mm. win. Presentation over, jam out. Oh, man. Are there curly fries? Oh, I love man. their curly fries. Anne. Well, the Planning Commission has a week to decide if they want a beautiful, innovative community park or a bunch of greasy lard bombs. I'm not editorializing. Ponchburger's number one selling burger is the greasy lard bomb. <laughs> Just give me a hint as to which way you guys are leaning. Off the record, we're leaning towards jam. Why? You know my plan is better for the community. Oh, it's way better, but you're also short $50,000. We can't approve an underfunded project. Hey, you get the rest of the money, you get your park. You only have a week. Hey, Mark, why don't we pause it right there and talk about this first part? Because, my God, this thing is long. This is very long. First of all, I, I, I really like that, uh, you know, Leslie has her typical acronyms that she does when she does oh, yeah. her presentation. That's cool. I, I love that Jam brought in um, sacks and sacks and sacks of crazy lard bombs. Oh, my gosh. And the, they love the curly fries. And even sweet, sweet bestie Ann Perkins, she starts to get sucked in by the curly fries. That's where you heard maybe Leslie go, Ann, stop. But they're good. Um, and then I, I think maybe the most important from a plot perspective is that we see there at the end that the Bill uh, says, uh, you know, we're leaning towards jam, but not because we think his is better. No. Yes, we like the greasy lard bombs. Of course. Who, who doesn't? doesn't? But yours is way better, but you don't have the money. Yeah. But if you get the money, it's a shoe in. Yeah. You're like we'll vote for you if yeah. you get the money. Yep. And this is where I would have basically, although they tend to go into the the music with something funny. Mm -hmm. That wasn't all that funny. They would have needed a zinger or something on the end, right, yeah. to do their normal thing. That's a good So point. now what we get instead is part two. Here we go. Yep. Just a couple of questions for the registry. Wedding date, May 16th. How many guests are we inviting? Uh, 25,000. <laughs> We're having a little bit of a dispute. I want to invite everyone in the town and every sitting member of Congress, and Ben's being a little stubborn about it. Just 100. What are we going to do, guys? How are we going to get that money? Hey, come on. Cheer up, little pups. <laughs> Registering for your wedding is the most important moment in your lives. Love, love fades away, but things... Things are forever. Mm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Did the Dalai Lama say that? Ooh, a citrus reamer? <laughs> oh, this is the only way to reap citrus. You're going to need two of these. I don't want a citrus reamer. I don't want any of this stuff. Look, all I want is to be married to you and to somehow get $50,000. Hey, hang on. What if we register for the park instead of this stuff? Whoa, 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 whoa. Ben, it's not stuff. It's things. <laughs> don't listen to him, things. You're wonderful, and I love you. Okay, this is a good idea. Explain. Okay, we could organize a black tie gala with food and music and maybe a silent auction to raise money. Yeah, people could donate, or they could bid to put their names on everything in the park, like benches, cobblestones, trees, ants, air. Right, some of that is possible. You're a genius. Let's go. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm really feeling these sheets. Very cozy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. There's your zinger. So, <laughs> waggity, maggity, do. And so the end of that, or, well, so that's, that whole place was, uh, that was out of Macy's. That was at a Macy's. Is yeah. the side of the thing. Yeah. We didn't really say that, but. Um, they the must be in Eagleton now. Oh my gosh. There's yes. no Macy's There's no Macy's in Pawnee. Pawnee. Yeah. No way. Maybe Snurling. 
So that was a pretty good idea of Ben's. Yeah, it was a good idea. Um, and uh, at the very end there, Tom, who loves his things, as he's established. They last forever. He, he's like all tucked up and comfy in one of the display beds. And yeah. he's like, oh, this is, I'm feeling really feeling these sheets. And that's where we end <laughs> off and get the theme music. Mark, it occurred to me, too, that I believe I'm almost certain of this. Wasn't the cold open different in the non-producer cut? I think it's a little bit shorter. Oh, yeah. 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 Some of those Macy's lines aren't there, but they still did the two parter, though. So pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, nice job on the uh, the cold open there, Mark. From from there, we jump into the main episode and uh, we start off at lot 48 where preparations are underway for the big fundraiser. The good news is that they are 100 percent prepared and that there will be no distracting this cohesive team. Yep. Done. Done. End of episode. It so, all went well. So you said the good news, and that usually means that you then have a, a zinger coming up with the. No, bad you're going to tell us the bad news now. Oh, I am going to tell you the bad news. Well, <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so first, because that's all, not what it all happens. <laughs> <laughs> we have a uh, we have something that the show has used before when they want to do like a quick little transition. We see a, a just for a few seconds. We see a black screen with white text. One week later. Yeah. So they the gang has been working this entire week. Uh, and, and we see Leslie and the gang now at lot 48 and they give themselves a little round of applause for all the hard work. And looking around, it becomes apparent that they have worked hard at getting lot 48 ready for the black tie gala uh, this entire week. And, and the, the gala, I think, is going to take place that night. That night. Yes. Right. So while happy and optimistic, Leslie is still stressed and urges everyone not to let up. There's still tons of stuff that needs to be done in order for the gala to go smoothly. So at this point, Leslie starts giving out orders. And the first one is giving a uh, uh, little Tom Haverford a mission to contact three, at least three more food vendors and convince them pretty pleased with sugar on top to cater the event for free. Wow. So, you know, it's a big ass. It is a big ass. So cross your fingers for that. And then I think Leslie has more orders to give out. But before she can give out said orders, we see a cop car pull up with sirens blaring and Chris <laughs> gets out of the passenger side, seeming rather alarmed and runs up to Leslie and says, Leslie, Leslie, we need you back at the command center right now. We have a class one city emergency. At this point, Alan, several things happen. A, Jerry runs off screaming. <laughs> full stop. <laughs> B, Leslie asks, What's, what is going on? And Chris admits, oh, actually, this is just a drill put on by the disaster preparedness. <laughs> but I'm having so much fun uh, pretending it's real. Jerry doesn't know this. Um, well, he's concerned about the girls. He is. And his wife. Yeah. Um, all, all the beautiful Gurdjie women. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> C, with Leslie and Chris now heading back to the command center, Ben tells everyone, well, you know what? Let's keep at it. Let's keep working. Let's knock out whatever tasks that we can. We don't know how long she's going to be gone. And, and D, no one tells Jerry this is a drill. I like it. You know what, Mark? A couple of things occur to me, right? Mm. <clears throat> so, and these are, I should say, I try to save my nitpicks for the end, but I'll just embed them today. I have a nitpick about you introducing your nitpicks early, but go ahead. You know what? You can cover that at the end. That's that. meta. That is that is meta. Yeah. We just entered a meta zone. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> so the, the, Chris said we need to go back to the command center. Yeah. Why is there already a command center if this was a surprise drill that no one knew about? Well, they, they predetermined. They said when they knew that the drill was, it's like, it's like, Alan, in elementary school, we would have a monthly fire drill and it would make me pee my pants because it would scare sure. me and stuff. Yeah. But then I knew it would happen. We had a gathering point. It's not like they said, there's a fire drill. Just run chaotically. If he said, we need to run back to City Hall and set up the command center, I'd been totally fine. 
they, they, you know, they, they, they predetermined that. Fair enough. That's in another episode. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's actually not. It's not. I take your point. Yeah. I like to pretend that they had preordained this. You're, you're probably right. And I'm being way too picky. Yeah, you are. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Well, while we wait to see if Jerry's okay, we bounce over to the Pawnee Police Department and Andy prepares to put his knowledge to the test. And April brings him a special luck gift. Mm. Kind of sweet. Yeah. We cut now to the Pawnee Police Department lobby where we see April helping Andy with some last minute cramming for the police written exam. Constantine, play that clip, sir. First, we do the written exam, and then we do the personality evaluation, which I feel like I'm going to nail because people always say, but he's got a great personality. <laughs> okay, quiz me. Okay, what does it mean when an officer calls in a 3542? Assault and battery. The way I remember that, I picture 35 assault shakers and 42 batteries. Great. What hmm. is the criminal code for arson? Arson is 533. You know how I remember that? I picture 533 salt shakers and batteries <laughs> lighting a building on fire. All Brilliant. <laughs> Babe, look at me. You are going to pass this test and you are going to become a cop. And if you don't, I'll just divorce you and marry someone else and then cheat on them with you. <laughs> so sweet. Also, I got you a lucky charm. Oh. I found a dead rabbit on the side of the road and I cut its feet off and made it into a lucky charm. Oh. Baby, you are so creepy. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> You're up. You know, Alan, the uh, the the pilgrims, um, when they came to this country, they had to to make sure that they made do with, with every part of the, the animal that they sure, would catch. Of course. So it just stands to to reason that a rabbit produces four lucky rabbit's feet. But then the the rabbit carcass itself could be lucky. Goes to waste. Yeah, it goes to waste. Not if you're a Wednesday. I mean April. <laughs> not if you're a Ludgate. <laughs> nope. Not Bring at it all. on. Oh. This kind of sweet in a creepy way. In a creepy way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've got more to say on that later. Mm. Well, while Andy is having his knowledge tested, Leslie is having her patience tested. As things break out, foreshadowing Mark, hmm. at the disaster <laughs> preparedness drill. I like the way you think, sir. We now cut to the Emergency Preparedness Command Center, or EPCC. Oh, good God. Trademark. Band name <laughs> called it. Um, where we see <laughs> Leslie, Chris, Anne, Councilman Jam, and, and many, many others present. Uh, Leonard Tachom, or no, the, the T's silent. Leonard, Leonard Chom, uh, head of the <laughs> Indiana Department of Emergency Preparedness, or IDEP is get no trademark uh, is no. getting ready to kick things off. So a, he hands out identification placards to the volunteer victims and has them go to their designated areas throughout town. B, he officially brings out his stopwatch, clicks it and officially starts the drill. C, Chris gets on a walkie talkie and tells the officers they are in full lockdown mode. The doors now will not open until Leonard Tachom or Chom announces that this drill is complete. Given that the gala is going to be starting in eight hours, Leslie is feeling a little stressed. And who can blame her? Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame her at all. Well, as the drill continues, Leslie and the team finally learn what they are up against. And it is not anything to sneeze about, Mark. No, See no, I sir. There? I do. Yeah. On the puns the... keep coming. Sorry. I can't wait. And so, Apologize in advance. <laughs> so still at the EPCC. That's epic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the second week in a, in a row with slow clap. 
we are so talented. <laughs> it's just shameful. I'm glad we think so. Yeah. <laughs> so still at the EPCC, the epic, Leonard Cholm now randomly opens one of the 10, quote, disaster envelopes to determine Pawnee's simulated disaster. What and, will it be? And, dot, dot, dot. and chooses dot, dot, dot. A strain of avian flu. <laughs> I don't know why Batman read that. I don't it's, like, it's just a strain of avian flu. It's not like it's mean. And so this actually <laughs> bat flu. <laughs> my God. You're dead. Um, so this actually cheers up Leslie, believe it or not, because she deems this one of the more simple disasters. Sure. And she instructs everybody to open their binders entitled Mission Impawniable, the Nope Protocol. Good God. Love it. Yeah. So the first step. Wait, she's overprepared? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Foreshadowing. I see foreshadowing. We have a trope. We have a trope incoming. Be sure we write this down. Constantine, you got that? All right. So the first step in the binder is to insert the DVD scenario. Chris does so. And we are then treated to a series of hilarious, ridiculous, but informative characters uh, all played by Leslie, uh, simulating a variety of town folk broadcasting news about an avian flu epidemic going around Pawnee and how to combat it. I tell you, Alan, she's on it. She's on top of it. Mm-hmm. And thank God she's got Donatella Breckenridge there, the, the doctor. I don't know why she was Italian. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's fantastic. <laughs> I graduated first in my class from Harvard Medical School, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Harvard again. Yep. There it is. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, back at lot 48, Ben has stepped up as a proxy for Leslie. And that's not the only downgraded situation about to happen. Mm. This is a pretty short scene. So, yeah, we cut back to lot 48 where Ben is trying to organize anybody that's left into getting stuff done as quickly as possible. And there are really only two talking points for this scene. A. Regarding the tent setup and and the accoutrements thereof, Donna reports that the table showed up, which is good, but there are no chairs, which is bad. Um, And then B, when Ben remembers that Leslie was going to go on Pawnee today to promote the gala in a surprise twist, Ron volunteers to do it. Volunteers. This is where I think my AK came from. I like it. Yeah. He'd normally be voluntold, but today he volunteered. Kind of crazy. That is interesting. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think about that. But yeah, this is not necessarily in his nature. No, but he knows how important this is to Leslie, I think. And I think that's why he's doing it. This is not the first time the Avengers have assembled, no. in which he is one to help their friend Leslie. I'd agree. Yeah. And I think this is one of those subplot launchers, right? I mean, this is where you were kind of saying the right. whole Ron thing could have technically been a you know, a C story or a D story or whatever, because he goes off and he's on his own until the end of the episode. Right. Multiple scenes where it's nothing but that. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. I, I see your point today. You're still wrong, but I do <laughs> see your point. <laughs> that makes you feel any better. It does. Thank you. Well, as the day continues, Andy is finishing up the knowledge portion of his testing and is feeling pretty good so far. Yeah, we return to the Pony Police Station and April is waiting in the lobby for Andy to finish, which is very funny. She's pacing back and forth because she's just kind of like, uh, where is he? I'm bored. Isn't she like knocking stuff oh, off she's the counter? Not, she's like a cat person. She's just a <laughs> blam and knocks that off. And then she turns around and walks the other direction. Blam, knocks that off. And uh, suddenly we see Andy enter from the other room. And he is so excited and confident. He didn't fall asleep once. 
which is good. <laughs> he, he he knows Alan. He knows he got everything right. And since he done got done so early, he had time to take the creepy uh, footless <laughs> rabbit carcass, a good luck piece that uh -huh. April gave him, very yeah. creepy, and modified it a little bit for April. Oh, yeah, how so? On account of now, <laughs> it has uh, a, a devil horns made of <laughs> bubble gum. God. Which I thought were actually pretty good. They were pretty good. And then he, to top that off, B, he wrote... 666 on the slide. <laughs> oh my god. And April is proud of him and she oh, yeah. loves what he did to the rabbit, but suggests maybe um we put this away before your personality exam. Probably smart advice. Just say on. Yeah. Hide Satan Bunny. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> well, the jobs have been assigned and Foodie Tom gets off to a roquette start, Mart. Wow. I told you. See? And the puns keep coming and the puns yeah. keep coming and the puns keep coming and the puns keep coming. Okay. What song is that? I don't know. Uh, my God, I just make up songs in my head. <laughs> I uh, think you a, do. It's a, a Smash Mouth something or other. Oh, yeah, it is Smash Mouth. Hey, yeah. all, you're an all-star. It's all-star. I think I yeah. maligned the lyrics. Okay. Anyway. You, you know, Mark, I have to say this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, This is your fault. Yeah, yeah, I know. Th that song always reminds me of the movie Rat Race. Have you seen the movie Rat Race? I have. Oh, my God. But it reminds me of Mystery Men. Oh, my gosh. Because that's the proper answer. Because it's in the soundtrack. It's in both. I'm wrong then. Okay. <laughs> I did not realize it was in the other one's soundtrack. Well, and Smash Mouth is actually makes an appearance as themselves in Rat Race, which is even better. Oh, yeah. You know what? That weighs it even more in that. All right. You're right. Yeah. I still like Mystery Check it out Man. at home, kids. Yeah. Check it out. Um, so we now uh, go to a restaurant that I believe we've been at we have. at least once and maybe multiple times. And I'm expecting you to tell me in which episode, as a matter of fact. I've, this is in a... I know that they went there in Dave Returns. And I want to say there was one other, but I could be wrong. Uh, and I can't remember. The only one I could remember was Dave Returns. Maybe maybe that's yeah, the only one. I think one. you're right. Anyway, so we're at Chez Chez LaRue, Pawnee's finest fancy French restaurant. Of course. Of, of course. And we now see Tom enter the kitchen uh, uh, trying to butter up the chef. And, and unfortunately, the chef... Uh, like Pistol Pete is quite astute and he knows what's <laughs> what's exactly why Tom is there. And he says, I, Tom, I know. I, I don't know. I can't do the gala. It doesn't make business sense to cater something that big for free, dude. I can't. I can't do that. And Tom tries to appeal to the chef's more <clears throat> refined sensibilities. Sure. But the chef ain't having it and ends up just blah, just chasing Tom out of his kitchen. It's a great dialogue. There. Tom goes, doesn't that offend your refined Parisian sensibilities? He goes, I'm from Orlando. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and he actually makes an interesting point. He says, I don't care about Paunch Burger. Yeah. Now, if it was another French restaurant, yeah. a direct competitor to us, maybe I'd worry. You know what Tom's mistake was? Mm. He should have said that they're going to build a La Paunch Burger. <laughs> that is brilliant. I it love that. solved the problem. I love that. Yeah. If he could only go back and do over. Le Lard Bomb. Le Lard Bomb. <laughs> Their most popular sandwich. Yep. <laughs> well, as Tom strikes out, we head back to Disaster Central and learn that the outbreak seems to be getting worse. The leading cause? Birds, of course, followed closely by dentists. Oh, hate both of them. Yep. They're both little rodents. Um, kill them. So... <laughs> <laughs> Back at the EPCC or Epic, we see Leslie starting a very, I don't know, let's say interesting video conference with Brett 
from animal control as they discuss how to deal with all of the infected birds. Constantine, this clip is a class one emergency. You know what to do. Hey, can you hear me? Oh, Leslie, you on the TV. Well, you're on mine, Brett. We're having a video conference. Oh, okay. Pawnee has been hit with the avian flu. Tight. No, this is bad news. I need everyone there at Animal Control to eradicate all the infected birds in town. Kill all birds. <laughs> this is for the drill, right? Yes. But I'm actually going to kill these birds for real. No. no, no, just pretend. Right. So how do I kill them? Like with a gun? Nope. <laughs> I can fill up a bathtub and just drown them one at a time. Okay, let's forget we ever talked. Got it, kill them. Oh my God, horrifying. <laughs> Councilman Jam, can you please contact the CDC and give them an update? Chris, can you contact the police chief and let him know what's going on? And Health Director Ann Perkins, how are we doing on snacks? I have breakfast bar. Oh my God, a meal inside a bar? Thank you, you're so good at this. Okay, casualty update. Only four dead, two of whom were already gravely ill and brothers. That family took a terrible hit. Well, that's great news. The infection is contained, bird populations under control. I believe that we have stopped this outbreak. Hey! Yay! Not so fast. Uh -oh. I regret to inform you that someone in this room has begun exhibiting symptoms. Christopher Traeger. What? Oh, no. A few months ago, the thought of an infectious disease, even hypothetical, would have sent me careening towards Bummerville. True. But now, I am infected with the killer virus. And I feel fine. Therapy. <laughs> this is highly irregular. We have followed protocol to the letter. No, you did not. Unfortunately, no one contacted the transit department to shut down bus service. So you rode a bus with a contagious man, and he infected you and 39 others. That is impossible. I do not ride the bus. I ride my bicycle behind the bus as a windbreak. <clears throat> Doesn't matter. Prepare for the diarrhea. OK, who is supposed <laughs> to deal with transit? Oh, no. My bad, guys. That's my bad. Oh, Chris, jam. very sorry. Damn it, Jam. Should have had animal control kill you. Oh, who you want me to kill? No one. I'll kill him. As soon as I'm done with these birds. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, Mark. Every time. <clears throat> that that's one of the things in this episode. I have to pause it every time because I'm laughing mm. so hard. Colton Dunn is is great so in that funny. scene. Oh my gosh. Well, over at Pawnee Community Access, Joan is in rare form, and Ron is about to get more than he bargained for. I think Joan is in rare form on account of it's not very well done. See, you can do wow. puns. I could, I'll fire right back at you, buster. All right. Well, mine are funny. Yeah, I know. All right. So we now cut to Pawnee Community Access, the home of Pawnee today. And we see Ron sitting down on stage prior to the interview with a very disheveled Joan Calamezzo and she's got sunglasses on and that's so weird. Trouble. So apparently Joan went on a booze cruise and it just finished up an hour ago. And, and she assured <laughs> last week, Ron, but she assured Ron that, Oh yeah, the booze cruise started last, last week. week. It just ended an hour ago, mm, about an hour ago. <laughs> she assures Ron she's fine. The show must go on and they go live on the air and Joan passes out. <laughs> so, uh, so now she falls asleep in her chair. And so the producer, uh, desperate to fill the space, urges like, Ron, talk, it's to go ahead. So in typical Ron fashion, this takes about five seconds. I mean, to paraphrase, like, there is a gala. Come eat food. It will be enjoyable. And then he clams <laughs> up because that, that's what he came that's in it. to say. He's that's done. it. And yeah. then the producer like, no, we, we, we still got time to fall. Stretch we, it. Stretch, stretch it. it. Go on. Go on. <laughs> and it's like, oh, apparently I am taking phone calls now. So he starts to take phone calls. 
And the first, the first one does not go well. Hey, Jones, settle a bet for me. Who's the sexiest couple in history? R. Pat's case do or Bieber and click. Click. He's done. Nope. Not even going to entertain at all. You're done. I love it. Yep. Well, Mark, from there, we bounce over to lot 48, where we see Ben and Leslie on the phone together. And Ben seems to be taking in a little bit of what's going on on Pawnee today. And uh, Leslie's got problems of her own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th things are kind of unraveling at the edges a little bit. So, yeah, like you said, we're, we're back at lot 48, which is going to be the site of the upcoming gala. And we see at first we see Ben watching Ron on Pawnee today. I guess they have a television there that he's able to see that. And Ben is clearly concerned with how it's going on account of Jones passed out. Ron <laughs> said his piece in five seconds. Now he's hanging up on people that are calling in. So maybe not ideal. And then all of a sudden, Leslie calls Ben's cell phone. Hey, Constantino Sport, play the clip. Yes, thank you. Oh, no, 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 no stay. Take a, take a phone call. Now I will take your calls, apparently. Yes. Hey, Jones, settle a bet for me. Who's the sexiest couple in history? Our patent case do or Bieber? Hey, how's it going? Uh, well, this simulated disaster is a total disaster. Oh, no. How are you? Ron subbed for you on Pawnee today. Ron who? Ron Swanson? <laughs> on television? You know, we want people to come, right? Donna still can't find any chairs. We don't know where Jerry is. And now some firemen are using the lot as a triage center for the emergency drill. Oh. Okay, here's what you do. Listen Attention. to me. Attention. Panic from the outbreak has overloaded cell phone towers. Please deposit your phones into this box. Oh my God, this drill will never end. Okay, tell All the firefighters phones. to set up triage at the high school. All and phones. Then to, like, but I'm talking to someone important. All phones. But I just tell someone something important. Fix it, Ben. Fix okay. it. Okay. <laughs> what? Found one chair. Got a lead on a second. Keep me posted. <laughs> one chair down, several hundred to go. I, I saw Leslie using the same um, uh, thinking strategy that I know that you and I personally used when we used to work together, which is if there's a problem, it's an easy two-step solution. Step one. Yep. Fix. Fix. Step two. It. <laughs> That's the way it works. It's genius. I mean, what else can you say? You can't go wrong with no, that. No, it just works. Yeah. Works every time. Mm -hmm. Well, as the personality test begins, Andy is obviously nervous, but is eventually able to just relax and be himself, which is too bad since he did so well on the first part. <laughs> but he's got a personality. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still at the Pawnee Police Department. And as we mentioned, Andy is done with his written exam. He's now taking his personality evaluation. And we see him sitting with Officer Killnose, who we've seen before. Oh, he, yeah. He's been in the series. He's been before. our most recent regular of the cops. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and and great job. they're in a small room. I don't know if it's maybe Killnose's office. Whatever. So is, did you just say Kel Noses is his office? Yeah, yeah I sure did. And, and Andy sitting there with some wires attached to his finger, a la what we might be used to as like a lie detector test. Yeah. I mean, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it starts out innocent enough with a straightforward, typical yes, no question. Like, you know, this is just to make sure the machine works. Is your name Andy? And unfortunately goes downhill from there as, as Andy uh, is either nervous or he tries to answer the questions with the long rambling answers that typically depict what a goofy, sometimes irresponsible kid he still is. 
<laughs> uh, scenarios including if a kid wants to hold your gun do you let him and yeah. of course yes you do because he always wanted to hold one and uh, you know what would you do if you pulled over somebody for speeding and your dad was there well Andy's dad is dead so let's just I say his love answers you. I've missed you every day do you know where my catcher's miss <laughs> So let me get this straight. If he can talk to his dad again, the second question is, where's my catcher's mitt? It's been bothering him. <laughs> but but oh you God. know what? This is a good example of the, a trope we've used before, a sweet, stupid Andy, because like, OK, I realize it's ridiculous. Of course, if a kid comes up and like, can I hold your gun? Sure, kid. I mean, <laughs> no, no, you don't do that. And yet his heart in a weird, weird way was in the right place, kind of in the sense that he knows it was always a dream of mine to well, hold a sure. cop's gun. So he wants to make a kid's dream come true. Not the right answer no. at all. No. But I mean, kind of sweet. Sweet, but probably not recommended. No, 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 no. Not sweet, at all. but stupid. Sweet, but, stupid, Andy. There, there you, you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, Ron's gig behind the camera continues and Ron is able to make the most of it. Back on stage at Pawnee Today, during a commercial break, we see the producer holding Joan's wrist. Ostensibly, she, he's checking her pulse. Making Is she sure alive? Okay. Yeah. Ron suggests maybe taking her off stage somewhere to lie down, only to be told, no, 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 no. If she ever finds out they took her off camera, we will all get <laughs> fired twice. So that ain't going to happen. So they come back from commercial break, and the producer steps off stage and urges Ron to keep taking calls to keep taking calls and like i okay because she's still passed out she's <laughs> black and the next guy that calls in asks what's what's wrong with joan which prompts ron to tell him well, she, she's hung over and he then relays a little swanson-esque anecdote regarding how to avoid a hangover sure and the guy seems kind of impressed with ron's practical advice this is kind of the beginning of what could be ron's own show I know. I know. I, I love his first piece of advice for his hangover. You know, once he's had too much whiskey, he cooks himself a large flank steak, you know, with rarefied salt and butter. Mm -hmm. uh, he eats that. He puts on a pair of wet socks and he goes to sleep. Yep. Food driven Ron. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to try that next time. I don't know if that works with Beyond Beef or not, but I'll try. <laughs> If you ask Ron, no, no, no it doesn't. <laughs> Hippie. Well, Mark, back at the preparedness drill, it becomes clear that the whole thing was just a distraction. And then Leslie decides to play the game with a new strategy. Yep. We are now back at the EPCC or EPIC. And the drill continues to move forward. And we see several things happen. A, Chris, sadly, eventually succumbs to the avian flu <laughs> and is strangely giddy as he holds up a placard that says participant with a skull and crossbones oh underneath it. And he's he's thumbs only up. five episodes. Would he have freaked out? Oh, badly. Therapy's working way. Oh, for sure. I mean, three times a week. You better. Could, you could argue a little excessive, but I mean, I can't argue with the results. Nope, not at all. So that's a B. Leslie offhandedly mentions to Leonard Cholm that this feels excessive and intensive. And like and, and Leonard replies, well, yeah, most state emergency drills are not this intense. But apparently Councilman Jeremy Jam requested they do the drill. Not only requested they do the drill today, but also that Leonard should give them everything he's got. Uh oh, that's not good. So C, Leslie glares over at Jam. 
and he smirks at her and calmly holds up a piece of paper that reads <laughs> your move. Wow. D Leslie commiserates with Ann and Chris about how jam rigged the damn drill on purpose to slow them down on account of the gala being that night. And then E Leslie comes up with one final desperate stratagem in order to save our park. We have to destroy the entire town. So at this point, Leslie starts introducing some changes to the note protocol. In short, Leslie, Ann, and Chris all start making what might be considered boneheaded mistakes on purpose to accelerate the destruction of the town so the <laughs> drill will end sooner so that they can get the hell out of there. For example, Leslie asks Ann how much flu vaccine the hospital has. Ann responds, enough for 2,000 people. Leslie responds, great, why don't you tell flush the hospital it. director to flush them down the <laughs> toilet? Just as an example. Oh, my my favorite part of this was when she's told Chief Fugelberg, who I guess has taken over for the old chief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't really had much time with him yet. But he says, I want you to order your officers to find all the infected birds and perform CPR. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, won't they become infected? It's a risk we're going to have to take. We've got to save, save these the birds. birds. My God. Uh, whatever happened to uh, Brett? Is he Is he listening to any of this? Yeah, I think that they're at cross purposes because he's going to be, be one by one in the, the bathtub. Yeah, he's going to be drowning him one at a time. And then they're going to try to be resuscitating him. <laughs> they a, just form a little assembly line. Oh, my gosh. A horrible, horrible assembly line. <laughs> Maybe they'll clean the bird while they're at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at lot 48, Ben tries to remove some of the distractions. And we learn that his issues with first responders are not limited to the police. Yeah, we're back at Lot 48 and we see lots of triage equipment being set up for the drills volunteer victims by the fire department. And Ben is walking around and kind of taking stock of everything and then finally approaches some firemen, tries to get their attention, fails, tries to get their attention, fails, just ignoring him, ignoring him. Well, finally, he resorts to telling them how much he loved the movie Backdraft. <laughs> that did it. Jeez. That did it immediately gets their attention and their anger. And, you know, Ben. now that he's got their attention, Ben politely says, hey, do you think maybe you could move the triage stuff over to the high school so we can finish setting up for the gala? And fireman Gregory tells him no way and shut up. And once you get the hell out of here and then hey, 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 and he trails off as he sees Donna standing <laughs> behind Ben. Maybe he has a little crush on Donna. Maybe. And uh, so fireman Gregory, his face lights up on account of Donna. And uh, she does it very well. And then he starts acting a goofy like, hey, Donna, you think we could hang out? And Donna cuts through the BS and tells Gregory, you're going to listen to my little friend here and you're going to take your business elsewhere. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he immediately oh, yeah. capitulates yes. while still grinning like an idiot. Like, do you think maybe we can hang out later? <laughs> so before the firemen start breaking down the triage area, Ben says, wait a minute. Stop. I got an idea. Mark, if I'm not mistaken, this entire scene, which is roughly a minute, 15 seconds mm -hmm. or a minute, 10 seconds, was not in the standard cut. That's like, right. This is a good example of a whole scene that was literally only in the producer's cut. Yep. And I, I think there may be two of those, but most other scenes just seem to be extended. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's Interesting. correct. Interesting stuff. Well, meanwhile, over at Pawnee Community Access, Ron is having a little more luck than Ben, and it seems maybe more at home than we might have expected. I, I think he missed his call-in. <laughs> See what I did there, Mark? Okay, I think that's my last one. <laughs> no promises. I don't believe you. Yeah, we return to Pawnee Community Access, where 
according to Ron and also according to the Chiron running along the bottom of the nice. screen, we are now watching You're On with Ron. And Joan is still passed out, of course. But apparently Ron's practical, no-nonsense advice has started to catch on as he receives now call after call. Constantine, my boy, hit that button. This is You're On with Ron. You've got problems. I've got practical solutions. Talk to me. Go ahead, caller. Hi, my Yorkshire Terrier has chewed up the legs on my kitchen table. Is there a cheap way to repair that? Great question. Take a walnut and rub it into the legs of your table. That'll mask the scratches. Next thing you want to do is ditch the terrier and get yourself a proper dog. Any dog under 50 pounds is a cat, and cats are pointless. Come to the gala. Next caller. Grapes of Wrath, chocolate chip ice cream, and Johnny Cash. Don't trust big banks or small banks. Banks are Ponzi schemes run by morons. Your house isn't haunted, you're lonely. <laughs> Whatever happened to, hey, I have some apples, would you like to buy them? Yes, thank you. That's as complicated as it should be to open a business Grabber. in this country. Replacing the chain on your chainsaw is child's play. Literally. Grab your son or daughter and I'll walk them through it. <laughs> And she's back down. Start by removing the two nuts on the side cover, holding the guide bar on the saw. Johnny Unitas, don't be an idiot. You should be allowed to brew whatever you want in your own bathtub. Um, hello, is it cold outside? I'm all snuggled up, and I, I do not want to get out of bed. Mm -mm. I refuse to help you. Next caller. I've seen three movies in my life. Bridge on the River Kwai, Patton, and Herbie Fully Loaded. My girlfriend's kids love it. It's pretty funny. Next caller. Good morning. Hi, uh, my <laughs> wife asked me if the dress she has on makes her look fat. Uh, what do I say? She's waiting on an answer in the other room. In my experience, when a woman asks a question like that, she's feeling insecure for some other reason. Maybe you shouldn't say anything to her and just put your hand on the side of her face, tell her that you love her and that she's the greatest woman you've ever met. Also, in my opinion, most women in this world are vastly too skinny. Thanks. You're the best, Joni. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little perplexed at that. That had a couple points where, yet again, I had to pause it oh while I finished laughing. Well, what, what couldn't they see there at home, Mark? We should tell them that. Well, first of all, while it's technically true that Joan was passed out, there are two things that should be said about Joan in particular. <laughs> yeah. One is, as we heard the, I think they're jump cuts is what we experienced, sure. right? Yep. As it was Ron took call after yep. call. After almost every jump cut, Joan was in a different position or lying in a different direction. At one point, she was planking oh, yeah. on, the, laying on the chair Across sideways. Three chairs. Yeah. And still asleep, still passed out. Sometimes she's on the floor. Sometimes she's like laying upside down sometimes. And <laughs> then the second thing, which was very audible, is, is this when she just wakes up and, <laughs> and then she goes right back down. I nearly peed myself. <laughs> so good. Totally unexpected. Another producer's cut bonus, in fact. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that That's so good. What What insight by Ron at the end? Pretty good. That's really good. I, I think he's, like I said, he's kind of missed his calling to some degree. I think there was also, just to finish out the analysis, one other point is like Joan was laying on the floor 
And I think it was when Ron was talking about her be fully loaded. Yeah. And we see her hand kind of come up to the table <laughs> and take a juice box. And that's where you hear Ron go, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and then she passes right back. Oh, out. yeah. She's yep. up maybe five seconds. Yeah, she's gone. But, you know, she hydrated. That's important, Mark. Stay Absolutely. hydrated. Yes. I, I, you know, Joan Calamezzo played by the great Mo Collins. Oh, fantastic. I sent her a little note and just told her how much we enjoyed this performance. And she sent back a little thank you. Oh, but she has new publicity shots and she looks, ter she looks terrific. So, oh yeah. Go check out her Instagram. Yeah. So, yep. Well, back at city council chambers, we see the net result of Leslie's counter strategy and learn that jamming is not limited to a corporeal experience. Man, you just <laughs> said a mouthful there. I did. Yes. Back at the EPCC, or EPIC, we learn that the death toll continues to climb, disasters continue to happen, until the unthinkable happens. Just as they planned, everybody in Pawnee is now dead. The Including town, Councilman Jam. Especially. Like, if you could get killed <laughs> twice, he yeah. would be. Yeah. The whole town is just FUBAR. It's gone. It's C. It's Casper. It's Toast. It's Aloha. Bye-bye. So, Chris announced, well... That's a wrap. <laughs> the the drill's over. Yep. And Leonard tells Leslie, "Well, all right, I I, I have no choice. I'm gonna have to fail you again. This is this is Fort Wayne bad. <laughs> this is horrible." And but Leslie shrugs this off as clearly not that she doesn't care about this at all, but she's clearly more concerned with that night's gala. She has priorities. Yes, I, I love it. You know, Jam is threatening all the way to the end of the scene. Mark, he says, "You know." You're too late. Nope. That lot is mine. Yep. She says, I can't hear you. I'm a ghost. And he says, well, yeah, you can hear me. Ghost jammed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Alan, we're, we're both of us are fans of, uh, of, uh, uh, fantasy, uh, urban fantasy well, and sure. such. And so it, it's hard to tell the supernatural rules oh that, that guide, uh, but it is true that if, if the two ghosts in, in question are on the same wavelength, one ghost can hear ghost another. jam the other. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that. I wonder where you learned that. I know, but we're not going to go down that road this week. Good Lord. <laughs> okay. Well, now that Leslie is free from the distraction of the drill, she and the gang meet up at Anne's house and check in on the state of final preparations for the gala. Is that Anne's house? That is Anne's house. Oh, I had that it wrong. It is not Trefcab. I thought that was Trefcab no. all the way. Well, shame on me. Because when they're done kind of getting ready there after this little thing you're going to describe, they all walk over to the pit together, the lot 48. Oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. You're yep. right. Okay. So we, we cut to later in the day. It's now getting dark and the gang has come together at Anne's place <laughs> and, and uh, they're dressed in nice clothes for the gala. And apparently even Jerry is there. He finally realized this thing was a drill, although he didn't realize it until he and his family had gotten all the way to Muncie. But of course they went to Muncie. <laughs> yeah. That's their favorite place. <laughs> they have a timeshare there. They do. Uh, so Leslie is, she, I mean, she's like in a nice dress and she's ready and everybody else is ready, but she's freaking out because she's convinced she hasn't seen the gala, the, the gala proper yet. So she's convinced. She wasn't here to Leslie run the event. Well, and when she last talked to Ben, everything was in as a disaster. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. She hasn't gotten a good update. That's right. So she's convinced they're unprepared and she's convinced they're going to have to cancel the gala, but they can't cancel the gala because they only have a week and tonight's the deadline. And, you know, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. And uh, <laughs> but Ben calms her down, says, no, no, everything is OK. And Leslie kind of looks at him. Oh, and they so we then walk over to lot 48 on account of it's Anne's house. I knew that. And where everything has been set up for the gala. 
So the tents are up, the lights are on, cars have filled the makeshift parking lot. We hear the sound of party conversation everywhere. There's food, there's drinks. Things seem to be going pretty well. And they then explain to Leslie some of their victories that day, including A, Tom having what he calls a classic stroke of Haverford genius, he figures, hey, that 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 snooty French chef, he yeah. gave me an idea yeah. on account of who does have the most to lose from a paunch burger. It's not the French place. It's the other fast food places. So he goes to their competitors, the other fast food places, and and, and he gets them to donate food. Genius. Brilliant. Plus yeah. the ample citizens will love that. The um, chicken tenders and whatnot. Oh, my God. So <laughs> B... Ron tells Leslie about going on Pawnee today, and uh, he did a great job promoting the gala. I mean, among other things, despite the host being passed out, he he got the message out. And well, then, and not only was it successful getting the message out, he helped a child perform a tracheotomy on his elderly uncle. Yeah, it's a rewarding day. <laughs> and and then C Ben had the great idea to say, "Hey, fireman, that I said I told you I like backdraft, and now you're mad at me and stuff." <laughs> Why don't you guys not move over to the high school, but instead you stay here. And then I tell you what, I'm going to give all the firemen and then all the dead and all the wounded, so to speak, uh, two free drink tickets for tonight's gala. So it's like, well, what, why won't we work together once you attend this thing? And and that worked out really well, I think. So Leslie Genius. is so Avengers have assembled. Yep. And Leslie is so happy seeing that once again, her friends have come through for her. And with that, they all walk into the gala. Let's start the gala. Yep. And by the way, thanks for dressing up, Jerry. Just came from Muncie. <laughs> he thought the world was ending. Yup. Yep. Well, Mark, as we jump into the gala and our three storylines converge, Chris gets the early news about Andy's test results. Yes, we are inside the gala tent and we see the gang enjoying themselves and we got lively jazz music playing in the background and everything is continuing to go pretty well. And we then see Chris talking with police chief Fugelberg, who mentions to Chris what a shame it is about Andy. When Chris presses him for more details, Fugelberg tells Chris, it's weird. He got 100% on his written test. It's first guy in history to do it. But he failed his personality exam. He's a sweet kid. Just doesn't have what it takes to be a cop, which is too bad. He's he's certainly something of a genius. We could use his brains on the force, <laughs> which a little weird. But I mean, he did get 100%. So maybe he's some sort of savant. He's a savant. Um, so we then see April and Andy kind of hanging out and Andy's still very, you know, excited at the prospect of being a cop. And, and Chris walks up to both of them, I think, with the intent of maybe gently telling mm. Andy the bad news. But when when Andy thanks Chris for all of his help and Chris sees how Andy is just floating on cloud nine, ah, he, he just can't do it. So he, when Andy asks Chris, what is it that you want to talk to me about? Chris tells Andy, you know what? It can wait. And he smiles at both of them and he tells them both to have a great night and he walks off. Nice. Yeah. That's a, that's a classy touch. Yes. You know, my, my theory is that Andy did so well on the test because, you know, well, Burt Macklin, you son of a bitch. Yeah. He, you know, he taught him everything he knew. Yep. I think so. That was it. Yeah. Well, from there, Leslie takes the stage and addresses the crowd and, and, and explains the jamming of the disaster drill to Leonard. Oh, yeah. And Ben gets an inspired idea as well. Sorry, there was one last pun. I apologize. <laughs> wow. Um, this is, depending on how you look at this episode, maybe sort of, kind of, sort of, quasi the kicker. 
Which we'll explain why in just Functionally, a definitely. From is. a plot perspective. Yes, How is. about that? Yeah. So, yeah, we're still at the gala uh, inside the tent. And we see Leslie now. She's up on stage. She's at the mic. And behind her, we see the members of Mouse Rat getting ready to play. Hey, Constantine, buddy. Yep. Play this one last clip. Uh, if I could have everyone's attention, please. I am so happy to announce that as of one minute ago, we have reached our fundraising goal. Every dollar spent here tonight by you, the community, will be poured right back into this wonderful project. And speaking of community, I'd like to thank my community, my friends. It's a lesson that I have learned over and over again, but it bears repeating. No one achieves anything alone. Without further ado, the best band in Pawnee, Mouse Rat. you should see why Leslie take the drill. Councilman Jam used you as a stalling tactic, hoping it would kill Leslie's park project. If the tests were any other day, Leslie would have aced it. I believe you. Maybe I'll find my way back here in a month for a redo. I appreciate it. Have you ever thought of being a sperm donor? I'm impotent. Yeah, I don't need to know that. <laughs> this is the best wedding present ever. This is the best night ever. I wish we were getting married tonight. Well, we only have three more months. I can't wait three more months. God, I just hate the feeling of not being married to you. Well, let's just do it then. Let's get married here tonight. We're all in black tie. We have got plenty of food and entertainment. You did want to invite the whole town to the wedding, right? Leslie. Let's get married. Tonight. To be continued. We end it with the black screen, white text, to be continued. Mark, were those the only two text screens? At the beginning, kind of at the kickoff and at the end. I think so. The one at the beginning said one week later and one now week. it's to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. I hate continued episodes. I kind of like the way they did this. No, I like it as well. I just, I, I, it always Cliff, leaves Cliff, me hanging. Cliffhangers can make me very, very angry. This one did not. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, like you said, Mark, we now will move into, I guess, what we'll call the kicker, a little bit of a bonus. And as we wait for, you know, part effing two, we get a quick selection of the content of Leslie's other drill preparation CDs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about this, honestly, because uh, I, I wasn't sure, Alan, if we were going to play this or not. But essentially, this is just like the DVD uh, from earlier. You know what? Why don't we go ahead and let's uh, play it? Hey, Constantine. Yeah, I get get up. You look, you've had your coffee, you've had your onion. He didn't think we were going to play this, so he kind of quit. I told him that it was going to be the last. That's my fault. Yeah. I told him. Like I said, there game. were going to be no more puns. That was but... the penultimate clip, and we're both liars. And please play this clip, and thank you, sir. Oh, wow. He just pushed it with his finger. You see that? That wasn't his finger. Breaking news I've just been handed this. Pawnee's been hit by a devastating earthquake. We go to our reporter live, Winifred Makepeace, for the story. Winifred? 
Thanks, Jessica. I'm here at the Pawnee Weather Center with celebrated <laughs> geologist Isabella Winchester. Isabella, can you tell us more about this killer earthquake? That's right, Winifred. The earthquake registered an 8.5 on the Richter scale. That's correct. It was a large one. Let's check in now with local citizen Ann Perkins to see how she's doing. Anne? Thanks, Isabella. Oh, I'm God. Ann Perkins. I'm a nurse, I'm a public health official, and I'm a super fox knockout. In fact, a lot of people say the earthquake was caused by my riveting sexuality. I mean, no man can resist me. But you should find a sturdy shelter and fill your bathtub up with drinking water. Thank you so much, everyone. From all of us here at Channel 4 News, I'm Jessica Rabbit. Have a good evening and be safe out there. So there, there at the end when she's going, we see Willow Tremaine, Leslie Nope, Donatella Bruckenridge, MD, Leslie Nope, Jessica Rabbit, which I love, Leslie Nope, Winifred Makepeace, Leslie Nope, Isabel Isabella Winchester, Leslie Nope, Director Leslie Nope, Written by Leslie Nope, Producer Leslie Nope, Technical Director Leslie Nope, Camera Operator Leslie Nope, Engineer Leslie Nope, Sound Leslie Nope, Teleprompter Leslie Nope, Graphics Leslie Nope, Intern Leslie Nope, Hair Leslie Nope, and Wardrobe courtesy of Leslie Nope. Oh my gosh, so, so funny. I think we can kind of relate to that here on the podcast. Because <laughs> Leslie Nope does a lot for us too. She, she really does. Ron talked her into a, helping us with a lot of stuff. Oh my I think gosh. he sees what, uh, well, that we need a lot of help. We need some help. That Yelp. is absolutely true. Fade to black, right? Fade, fade to black. I really like uh, how I, it feels like this gave uh, Amy Poehler a very oh, yeah. nice platform yeah. to kind of s stretch out her, her vast comedic oh, my skills. Gosh. And I'm glad we played that. Cause I did, it didn't dawn on me. We didn't play the earlier one, which was also funny, but this one was probably more characters, obviously. Right. And just, you know, just a little more crazy than the other one. I, and I mean, definitely we've mentioned this before for any of you at home who have the DVDs or oh, yeah. if you have access to the DVDs, we definitely, definitely, definitely recommend this producer's cut. Or I guess that's on Peacock too, isn't it? That is on Peacock. Yes. Yes. And in fact, they did include this little outro yeah. kicker. If yeah, you will. yeah. Yes. On the standard cut as well. So just go check it out. Nice. It's worth a rewatch. Nice, nice. Absolutely. All right, Mark. Nice job. As we go to break here, uh, I think we're going to hear from our sponsor today, Shay Shay LaRue. Oh, good. And uh, we'll compare notes uh, behind the scenes and we'll come back and uh, score this thing and send everybody home. Uh-huh. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. We'll be right back, everybody. Do you like to eat? Are you cultured? Do you have a fondness for all things French? If you answered yes to either of the last two questions, I would normally walk away at this point. But, like you, I do enjoy eating. So, it is with an open mind and empty stomach that I invite you to venture down to Greater Pawnee and give Chéché LaRue a try. Hello. This is Ron Swanson, proudly announcing themselves as Pawnee's finest French restaurant. Chez Chez Larue has many food offerings, depending on your definition of food. Here is a quick rundown of some of their more popular menu items: aperitif, an alcoholic drink before the meal, often a wine of some sort. They have the right idea, although I will note a disturbing lack of Lagavulin. Hors d'oeuvres, a snack before the main meal, typically soup, vegetable, or eggs. Again, right idea, questionable implementation. I personally opt to skip this unless said eggs come sunny side up and with bacon. Quiche, 
a French tart filled with eggs, cream, cheese, meats, and even fresh vegetables. Ugh. They had me, then they lost me. Crepe, a very thin, delicate pancake. Okay, I have to ask, why? Cacavin, chicken braised with wine, mushrooms, and garlic. A reasonably tasty bird. Not bad. Duck confit, a slightly snooty bird cooked slowly over a long period. I'd personally rather shoot at them than eat them. Quail, an even more snooty bird that I have no time for and is too small for a meal anyway. Beef bourguignon. All right, this one is actually pretty good. Salmon. Ugh. Just as I started to warm up to this place, they introduced this almost vegetable as a main course. They claim the salmon is the star. Well, like other stars, such as the ones in the sky, it belongs far away from me and not on my plate. And finally, hamburger, also known as hamburger. Now we're talking. Vegetable fish and silly menu names can now be forgiven. When you visit Chez Chez LaRue, be sure to ask about the new dish they implemented at my request, the Beef Bourguignon, Ron, which is essentially unlimited helpings of the aforementioned Beef Bourguignon, minus the Bourguignon. Mmm. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, as I usually do, I'll talk about our deleted scenes. Please. We had none. Done. Done. Yep. Move on. <laughs> That's the downside of a producer's cut. And, and in fact, if you think back, like over the, you know, we're in here middle, second half of season five now, mm -hmm. we're getting toward the end of this thing. Occasionally, we would have had those producer cuts along with the director with a commentary. It, it's rare, but it has happened. Yeah, yes. we haven't had a commentary in a long time. We've rarely had a producer's cut, but it does seem like we sacrificed the, you know, six extra minutes. There probably wasn't as much film on the floor as they. You know what? That That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. It has been a long, long, long time since we've had a commentary. I would love to hear one in the later seasons. I'll, I'll have to look ahead at the, the DVDs and see if we have any. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing, but I think... Maybe the latest season with the commentary is, I want to say, season two. Yeah, it's it's been a minute yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, no deleted scenes this week. But like we said before the break, I do absolutely recommend you grab the DVDs and uh, check out especially the bonus content within the producer's cut for this week. Right. Yeah. Well, Mark, let's jump into our tropes first, fun facts and goofs. Then which, uh, what you got on first this week? Uh, you know, as the Grinch would say, Alan, I puzzed and puzzed till my puzzler was sore and I could not come up with any first. I had one and it's lame. Oh, would well, you go for it? Actually, I could have technically had two, I suppose, that would be equally lame. Mm. My, the one I had written down was it's the first citywide drill. I don't OK. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it's a thing, right, that a community might do. I think at a certain point I try to make a first something that I know is going to happen again. Otherwise, you could say everything. You could say it's the first time this episode was ever aired because it's this episode. It's the first time, you know, I mean, you could go on and on if it was just one offs. But I feel like those are too easy. Well, it's true. And I said, and and you often don't do these as first because you also know it's a last, but it was the first appearance of, appearance of Matt Walsh as a guest star. Oh, that's who right. Who I love that's from right. Veep uh, as Mike, plays Mike on Veep if you watch Veep at all. And co-founder of Upright Citizens Brigade with Amy Poehler. Absolutely. And so Matt Besser. It's kind of shocking to me that he had not been on 
all this time until season five. They just probably couldn't find the right thing for him or timing. Or you know whatever. what? I, I agree with that. He's so good. He, he's very, very funny. Yeah. Very funny guy. Yeah. Well, um, how about tropes then, Mark? What'd you get this week? I do have a few of those. So uh, I had a PBJ <laughs> running off and oh my God. taking his family to Muncie and not knowing it's a drill. Yeah. It's just, um, sweet, stupid Andy for, for a variety of All reasons. Place. Um, I particularly like where he's he's just still on cloud nine because he thinks he's going to be a cop and he, he's got April in the wrist lock and says, no, you can't he's to try to hit me. <laughs> whap. Oh, I got to lock the other wrist. Try yeah, to hit me. Whap. Whap. Well, if I had my gun, you wouldn't do it. So he has a thing. Uh, <laughs> um, Lub. Leslie uses binders for the third episode in a row, mind you. It, yeah, it is the trifecta. Mm. Um, I said I had used AIS April is scary before. And I said that just because of the wonderfully creepy good luck charm. Mine is April is creepy or April is Wednesday Adams is my. I like my, that. My AKA. Essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I said food driven Ron Kind of when he describes his method for avoiding sure. a hangover. Yeah, why not? Usually it, he hits it a lot harder, yeah. but it, it was there. Yeah. Um, uh, mugs to the camera. I, I clocked Ben and Ann and Andy. So I, I always like when that happens. Yeah. Um, FWN fun with names. Did you get Chris too? Chris did a mug. Did he? I missed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe you're right. He had one this episode. Um, fun with names. Leonard Cholm. Oh, my God. Uh, Police Chief Fugelberg. Fugelberg. I don't yeah. think we've heard his name before. First time. Just Chief is all he's been referred so to. Maybe that's past. our first. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There is um, a first. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Officer Kilnos, which just always makes me laugh. And I don't know why. I know that Leslie, all of her characters that she played oh, on the yeah. DVD, they yeah. all had crazy, crazy names, names. But the one that made me laugh was Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. <laughs> I don't know why. And then uh, something that I think you introduced wisely because of the introduction of the great villain councilman jam is uh, YGJ. You got jam. I got that or one. in yeah. this case, ghost jam. Ghost jam. Yeah, yeah, that's a first. Even better. And that's a first. There you go. Did I miss any? Um, I, I had Ben is scared of first responders. Right. Because clearly he he has been very nervous around the police in the past. He didn't do so well around the firemen today. Yeah. You know what? That's true. I wonder if that extends to all authority figures or if that's just mm. a, a, a cop and fireman thing. It's interesting because mm. he, he came to the show as an authority figure. He did. So it's kind of interesting that he would have that. But I think it's we'll have to keep an eye for that. Agree. If it goes beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had officially and I said it during the show over prepared Leslie. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, good one. I missed that. I mean, she every possible of what were their 13 disaster scenarios. She's built a DVD for each of them. I love it. There's yep. no there's no way to be more over prepared. Yep. Yep. Well, nice job. How about uh, goofs this week, Mark? I had two that I got off the Internet and one I'm going to dispute of those. I I only found one goof, and this is this I even think could be explained. That I it's a it's arguably a slight continuity goof. So during your on with Ron, Ron mm. says that he's only seen three movies in his life, which are Bridge on the River Kwai, Patton, and Herbie, fully loaded. Because if you're gonna pick funny. three to go on a desert island, those they, are my they're, three. They're not bad. Um, however, in season three, episode twelve, Eagleton. For Ron's birthday celebration, we may remember at the very end, it was a very, very sweet scene where Leslie gives Ron exactly the birthday celebration that he would want. That's right. Which happens to include mm -hmm. her renting two movies, one of which is on that list, Bridge on the River Kwai. Right. And another one that was not The Dirty Dozen. Right. 
So you could say that that's a, a, a continuity thing. However, we only see him watch one of those. You know what? Maybe he enjoyed it so much and he was so relaxed he fell asleep. And, Maybe you know, the log of villain yeah. took him out early and he didn't see it. You know how blockbuster is. You got to turn those things back in or you get those fines. Oh, it's horrible. That's probably what happened. Yeah, they're going to go out of business yeah. that way. Well, so you disputed the that one. I'm going to dispute the other one I found, which mm. was it says basically at four minutes and 43 seconds when Aubrey Plaza is, is saying, um, also, I got you a lucky charm. Andy's slash Chris Pratt's lips are moving. Mm. Well, I went and watched it on a 65 inch TV. He's basically licking his lips and swallowing. Mm. And he's just, you know, he's being a human being. Yeah, that's dumb. It's not weird, like dialogue edit. Yeah. So that, that one's not, not correct. So All right. I'm, I'm actually going to go on the, the IMDb there and just mark that one as wrong. Good. I feel good about that. Yeah. 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 We have the authority. I'm going to, I'm going to troll. I mean, I'm going to be that guy today. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I didn't have any fun facts this week. Um, I didn't and, either. Uh, and there was no director's commentary. So there you have it. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into our scores then. All right. Score incoming. Alan, uh, my MVP for this episode, Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope. Yeah. So for me, the two funniest parts of this supersized episode were the emergency preparedness stuff with the avian flu, all that stuff. And then Ron going on Pawnee today to promote the gala. For me, that gave me the most ha-has for sure. And I am an admitted Swanson fanboy. And Nick Offerman was truly hilarious in his delivery of everything during those segments. Yeah. However, as good as Nick Offerman was, and he was great. I got to tip my hat to Amy Poehler, who just hit it out of the park. I think one of the reasons that she gets the nod in this episode, and I'd kind of alluded to this earlier, is uh, th this gave her platform to really bring the ha-has. I, I think, Alan, you and I have commented in a few of the recent episodes that Leslie seemed to be relegated kind of to a little bit more of a straight man role than a mm -hmm. comedic role. Yeah, I remember and, and now, said that. That in and of mm -hmm. itself is not a it's not a horrible thing because it deservedly ends up giving the spotlight maybe to some others who who deserve it. And uh, she performed the plot functionary role, right? Yes. Move the story along. Yes. Yeah. However, I think it would be safe to say that Amy Poehler's tremendous comedic talents are, shall we say, not used to their utmost when she is just in a in a straight man role. Um, so this episode kind of let her cut loose and I loved it. Yeah. The, the fake newscast she did on the DVD are pure gold. And anyone who has access to the Peacock or the DVDs, please give these parts extra close attention. They are pure genius. Well, um, just to be clear though, Peacock is only airing the 21 minute version. Mm. It does include those outtakes at the end, but it does not include many other good nuggets we talked about today. That's true. So yeah. still get the DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Um, in addition to all this, I still feel like Leslie served once again as the glue that holds everything together. So my MVP, Amy Poehler, well done. Alan, I've said in the past how much I really like the episodes where the gang kind of pulls together. It's like the Pawnee chapter of the Avengers. So to accomplish some important. Or the Scooby Squad, if you're, you know. <laughs> Zoinks. It, it may be a bit predictable or formulaic and maybe and perhaps many consider you know, victory episodes like this to be too saccharine sweet. But what can I say, man? For me, this works. And this episode was absolutely no exception. One thing I've noticed is that when the whole gang is working together to accomplish a goal like this, it often provides convenient platforms for every single member of the gang to have their moment in the sun, so to speak, as they're accomplishing their Scooby, ta their Scooby task. 
I feel like this was true here too. I, I mean, even somewhat minor players like Chris and Anne were given quite a few scenes. Even Donna and Jerry had a few good moments. I, this might not be their absolute, absolute top of the line best in terms of using comedic bench. It wasn't bad. They wasn't did a bad. pretty good job, especially mm -hmm. given all the guest stars they have. Um, I will admit, of course, it is easier to give everyone screen time when you're dealing with a supersized episode because you have more screen time to give out, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mentioned it before. I'll say it again. Nick Offerman's segments on Pawnee Today, pure gold. Watch them. They're good. Um, and even Tom found a niche where he could use his power for good and not evil. <laughs> Plus 100 internets. There were several moments in this episode where that were just, I mentioned this, just bust out loud belly laugh moments. I mean, like pause the video, wipe tears from your eyes, try to calm down a bit, then finally resume. Like <laughs> Joan Calamosa, let's lose that unearthly wail. I nearly <laughs> peed myself. Um, and I also feel like this episode, this I kind of alluded to this before, but like with Harvest Festival, this episode just kind of had a feel at the end like, we did it. We all won. Yeah. Victory. Yeah. You know, a sheet cake of victory. Let's all get married. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That was different. And you leave the episode feeling pretty darn good, or at least yeah. I do. And I didn't mind the, the to be continued. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have another note on that. Um, so now I'm going to go to the crazy, crazy Mark rubric. Um, I'm going to give a, a 4.5 for the base score. I was even tempted to give this a five. Uh, I thought that the A story uh, was fantastic. Uh, and like I said, I felt like I had a real rock show vibe to it where there are like frunk, lots of little subplots yeah. and then they all kind of merged back, yeah. back together. Um, the A and B story, you mean? With we, <laughs> Yeah, with the exception of that. And then the other story with uh, uh, Andy taking the exam, that really was pretty good. I mean, yeah. it, sometimes the, the extra story can be like a throwaway. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, probably the lesser of, of those two oh, yeah, concentrations, sure. but it was still pretty good. Yeah. So I get 4.5. I gave a half a point for the great list of guest stars, particularly John Glazer, Matt Walsh, Mo Collins, Colton Dunn. Those four especially yeah, were, yeah, were just freaking fantastic. I mean, all of them. Some cheater combos coming up. I have a half point for what I call the avian flu combo. Um, all the insanity at the epic, the EPCC, was great and absolutely hilarious. I'm going to give half a point specifically for what I call the note protocol combo. Um, the combo of Leslie's crazy but effective binder plus Leslie's crazy but effective DVD where she played all the characters. <laughs> Just really, really, really funny. I'm going to give half a point for the other I nearly peed my pants moments where... Uh, I call it the video chat combo where Leslie's oh having the video conference with scene. Brett. Yeah. So I kill him as soon as I get done with these birds. I'm going to give uh, an entire point to what I call the Pawnee Today combo. Ron's presence on Pawnee Today with a passed out Joan Calamezzo slowly morphing into the show you're on with Ron. Pure gold. I'm going to give an entire point to what I call the, for me, the B story combo. The Andy takes the police exam combo. While definitely the lesser of the two concentrations, it was still funny with a great job done by both Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer and Aubrey Plaza as April Ludgate. I mean, they both still had really, really funny moments. Oh, yeah, themselves. definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give half a point to what I call the gala preparation combo. Tom's search for free catering plus Ben dealing with the fireman's makeshift triage center. And I'm going to give one final half point for what I call the to be continued combo. So this might be controversial. 
for people like you. But I like the way the episode ended. I really did. Everything is going well, and Leslie and Ben are smiling at each other. They decide to get married that night, fade to black, to be continued, <laughs> which can be a negative sometimes. But again, I, I really liked it. So you do the math and you add the stuff and you do the thing and you come up with a final score of 9.5 Little Sebastians. I thought this was a tremendous, tremendous episode. Definitely one of those where I knew I was going to have to, from the beginning, convince myself, is this a 10? Why isn't this a 10? And I had kind of had to work my way down from there because it, it, it was in it was in its grasp. I didn't think this was a perfect 10, but it wasn't that far off either anyway rock that scuba allen that's my review <laughs> diggity nice job mark yep um i'll, I'll start with the, the things i agree with you on then go to the things i disagree with you on. oh so, good no no um I, for me um i definitely felt differently about the producer's cut versus the standard cut because i watched it too and i definitely and i gave them different scores so did you give See, any- I, I did not do that this time. Okay. I was, I was you derelict in, in my duties. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's fine. Um, I'll speak to that a little bit. So Good. I kind of, and, and in the past, I've been very painstakingly tracking which scenes are in the canon, you know, standard edition versus the producer's cut. I didn't quite go that far this week, but because it was pretty obvious. There were entire scenes that were missing uh, in the standard edition. And then there were several scenes that were quite like almost doubly in length. So, you know, adding six extra minutes made a huge difference to me and how I felt about the episode. Right. Where I think if I just scored the standard edition, I would have given a half point less, which I'll get to in a second. Right. So, uh, my MVP this week was Amy Poehler as well, for all the same reasons you said. It was a little bit like difficult not to give it to, to uh, Nick Offerman as well, because he was so good this week. Mm -hmm. And like Amy, it's been a minute since he's had just like a big Nick episode. Do you know what I mean? But this is her episode. There's no getting around it. Like it just, yep. she's the glue. She's the ha ha. She's all of it in this one. And, uh, you know, and her, like, she's kind of at the pinnacle of the Leslie character here for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a great way to put it. And, and for Ben too, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, who's really taken with her in the moment. And, you know, she looks beautiful and he looks handsome. And, in the, you know, like this is her perfect wedding moment, like he said, because she wanted to invite everyone in the town and they're already here and dressed up. Why not? Yeah. So I like how they end the episode as well. I just always have a problem to be continued, <laughs> but, um, you'll forgive it. I'll forgive it in this particular case. Yeah. Um, I felt like I, again, you and I looked at it slightly differently. I did look at it as three stories. I, I did like the creativity of kind of, you know, and they've done this several times well, where at the beginning, you know, you kind of everyone's together, they splinter off and go do their own thing. Now, April and Andy were always separate, right? Mm -hmm. But that was okay, because that was going to be at least the B story at a minimum. Right. But then the A story shards out, right? And then kind of everyone comes back together at the end, including our B story characters, mm -hmm. right? Which I always enjoy when that happens. Like the Me gang's too. reunited, right? For the, you know, for, for the for the finale. For the finale and uh it, it just it's it kind of neat to see and uh it feels good you know it just it makes you feel like you're part of the moment because you're there too right um i did think there was good use of donna and jerry in this episode but only in the producer's cut mm. um i would have liked to seen a little more and again with you know nine guest stars you know here you go right yeah I it's mean, gotta come from somewhere it's got to come from somewhere even if 26 minutes 
So for me, I felt like this was really a good, excellent episode. I gave it a nine for the producer's cut and I gave it an eight and a half for the standard edition. Hmm. And, and as I think back on it and I was trying to figure out why I feel this way, I mean, I, I you kind of said, you know, you kind of alluded to the fact that it's a little bit predictable, I guess, kind of that, that approach. Um, I don't know. I didn't feel like that this time for me. Um, I thought there was a good use of the six minutes. I just felt like maybe a little bit of imbalance, like maybe I would have liked to seen a little more in the April Andy story, but I understand why it's not there. So I think if I had, I, I think this is one of those weeks where I went to the technical score, not the feeling score. And so I think if I'd gone and maybe watched it one more time, who knows, I might've given it a nine five as well. Cause it's that good an episode at the end of the day. It really is. Like I won't, I won't argue with you at all. Yeah. Because if you think about episode season five and all of the episodes that are the best episodes, this is definitely up there. Oh, yeah. It, it, I don't know if it's the best episode of season five, but it's up there. So I'd say nine, nine and a half. You can't go wrong. I, I agree. I agree. What would have made this a perfect episode? I was trying to figure that out because, you know, there's, you know, there you kind of build up. There's the teardown model, which I think maybe is where I go a little more than you do. I think I would have needed the you, crazy you, Allen rubric. You, you kind of said this. I think we need a little bit more Donna and Jerry. Yeah. At least just like a little bit. I, I agree with you. I would have liked to see a little bit more balance on the um, on the April and Andy yeah. uh, story. And uh, th I was going to mention this as well. When I first started trying to break this down into stories, I thought that the the emergency preparedness gala lot 48 thing splintered off. Actually, at first I had four. I can see three for sure. Because I had the emergency preparedness. Yeah. And again, I'm using I'm using whether or not there were entire scenes just for a single storyline, so to speak. And I found four that you could say, although one was pretty darn small. Yeah. The one was the emergency preparedness. Two was Ron on Pawnee today. Yeah. Three was Tom looking for catering stuff, which was a little small. Sure. I, I admit that. But there was one scene that was just about that, at least. That's true. And then there was like the rest, which was Ben like dealing with the fireman yeah. and him delegating yeah. the tables and chairs to Donna. So there could have been four. I ended up in my mind in terms of subplots, kind of combining the Tom one with the Ben and Donna one, kind of like a general category. Yeah, that's my B story. Prepared. But then I also thought Ron's Pawnee today was so strong, it stood on its own. I mean, it, they're all kind of going towards the same goal. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been on Pawnee today if it not had been for the and, Beast. And yet, how many scenes were there where it was just about I that? I, I don't disagree with you. I think it is one of those that, you know, if you start to look at the technical structure of the show, they did an excellent job. Uh, I, they really did need the six minutes to do it as well as they did it. Mm. And, and I think it just, you know, We've seen a few of them where the producer's cut and the standard cut were not that substantially different, and we did not score them differently. Right. But I, I, I do feel like in this case, there's a, there is enough of a difference between the two that they deserve at least a half-point differential, no matter where you land the producer's cut. I, I agree. I, I briefly watched the standard edition, and honestly, I probably would have come down a full point. Yeah. Okay, fair. Or to flip that, I thought that the producer's cut added that much a more than determined the whole it. point. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Absolutely.
Well, Mark, we'll be back next time with season five, episode 14, Leslie and Ben, mm. AKA emergency response part, part two. two. Yep. Right. Yep. Duh, if you, if you're into that. Yeah, I which am. Fits with the French, right? I certainly am. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie Sheen. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> man. Um, wow. So, uh, Mark, I know what, and the other thing to look forward to is, of course, our upcoming spotlight with Cooper Thornton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were able to air a few of his clips in last week's episode, and mm -hmm. that, those were fun to play, but it got me hankering for the whole episode. So hopefully we can drop that here in the next couple of weeks. I hope so. That was fun. Mark, I think the other thing I wanted to say, too, is we're, we're just, I'll admit it, we're bad at self-promotion. We like, are bad at self-promotion. We're terrible. Uh, you know, we're not good at doing anything on this show. We've except. hired all these people that we're paying all this money to here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters, yeah. and they are derelict in their duties. And yeah. They're not doing they're a They're not squat. doing nothing. They're eating onions. I'm, yeah, they're eating <laughs> onions, aren't they? <laughs> Well, Mark, here's what I'd like. I'd love for anybody who likes our show mm -hmm. to go out, take 60 seconds, mm -hmm. go out to hit our page on the Apple podcast thing mm -hmm. there and rate and review us. Yeah. It would be really helpful to us. We'd really appreciate it. 10. Well, I'm not going to tell them what to give us. It's it's a five point scale, by the way. Five. Five. Uh, <laughs> five. <laughs> Subliminal messaging. But if you don't like the show, well, don't do that. No. Just no, send if, us a note if, and tell us how we could be better. We do like that. We listen to those. We absolutely do. And we have definitely made course corrections, but uh, I like the groove we're in and I hope it's going well and hope everyone else likes it too. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. This is fun. Yeah. All right. Well, nice job, Mark. And uh, good talking to everybody this week and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.